I said, hey, Don Ho. Oh, that was cool, all that Bruce Lee stuff. We learn how to do all that. Peking Opera School. Uh, so you hang out with the three tennis? I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Heroes 3, the Biohi podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week, uh, you can tell this is on a, a little bit of a different day, and we're not really looking at Asian cinema, but it has an Asian cinema guy in it, so. Yeah, cool. totally. It's like, it has to do with Asian cinema in yeah. a way. There's like a, or yeah, it's like a cool, like, um, I don't know, stew or masala of like, East and yeah, east and west, and also like yeah. movies and TV crews yeah. kind of coming together. <laughs> I think if you've been listening to the podcast, you probably got a lot of clues telling you that <laughs> yeah, it was this, leading it's up been to this coming, moment. Yeah. A long time. <laughs> it's been coming a long time. Yeah. Uh, this week we're taking a look at Martial Law, the American Canadian TV series that oh. aired on CBS from 1998 to 2000, and of course is starring Sammo Hung and. Uh, starting a little bit and through the first season, also starring Arsenio Hall. Yeah. Which is a combination I never thought I would hear. This is... Among many combinations I was expecting to hear until I started watching this. (laughs) Yeah, this is is crazy. So, um, yeah, I remember it, yeah, just because it was such a spectacle. Like, really? Mm -hmm. This is a real show? And Arsenio Hall's interacting with Sammo Hung, which is... When I was around the age of this show coming out, I was not super familiar with Samo. And um, I think this is right around the time that Rush Hour was coming out. It was actually crazy because Rush Hour came out in September of 1998. And I I looked this up on a calendar and it was literally the the following weekend that the uh, pilot premiered. Oh, that Martial Law aired? Oh, wow. I knew it was uh, close, but... So there was like, yeah, kind of kind of lockstep and we've talked mm-hmm. a little bit about Mar- <laughs> sorry we've talked a lot like about the, martial law it's like the episodes, but... it's like the deep impact to armageddon of uh, Ooh, dude i like Whoa. it but yeah there's like a <laughs> what is it or what's the like corporate term that they use for like this cross plot something oh. oh vertical integration or something like that yeah <laughs> yes um, it is <laughs> it is almost like that if but the brand i guess in this case is just like the hong kong action sensibility or something but we i remember in our super cop episode is probably when we spoke the most about martial law mm. um because that has the most direct connection which is like the show was originally pitched by stanley tong director of uh super cop as a jackie vehicle uh a jackie like tele- television vehicle in the states and he, stanley was pitching this but i guess jackie wasn't either interested or available and seeing the timeline that he there must have already been maybe rush hour production underway or something yeah. uh so he contacted samo and samo was good to go and apparently the network was so interested in the idea that <laughs> even them not getting jackie and you have to imagine that most of the network execs had never heard of samo hung <laughs> um but it still got green lit and what's also amazing is I think in the West, people kind of sort of cheerfully maybe joked about Jackie's English abilities or his like thick accent. But that was sort of nothing compared to Samo, who had very little ex- <laughs> yeah. like experience with the language, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it makes you really like root for him. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you can definitely oh, tell man. that he was he he was probably between every scene. He had to brush up on on what he had to say. Yeah. Well, what's cool too, I suppose, the connect more connective tissue with uh, Stanley Tong and Jackie is the epi- and I don't know if they all aired this way, but at least on the DVD before the end credits, there's like a blooper reel. Um, yeah, I love that. And that a, was so and a lot of the bloopers are Samo kind of right. fumbling English lines, <laughs> right? Yeah, and there's a great one where uh, he's like just forgets what his line is, and then Arsenio says, "Hey, I don't speak Chinese." 
Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Dude, in our city, what's awesome about this show is I, I can't wait to dive back in and kind of like watch the whole thing because I only saw mm-hmm. occasional episodes when it originally aired. Um, Same. But this, I'm not aware of a series that had as many cast shuffles as Martial Law, like even within <laughs> the first like 10, 10 episodes. episodes. Yeah. Um, there's the the final shot in the opening um like titles montage is of our main or like our core cast like in like yeah. a wide shot like walking <laughs> towards the camera and it seems like they must have had to reshoot that like five or six times <laughs> yeah. as this core cast <laughs> yeah it's that stereotypical uh last shot of an intro and a procedural mm-hmm. with the cast and yeah they almost have like a cut and paste yeah for, for all the different <laughs> actors that are involved oh man uh. but arsenio is such a good fit and it's also i think it was a, a nice move for for him because uh after his show uh he he kind Kind of disappeared from like the public consciousness for you know for a long time, and his talk show had made like a you know like a pretty big splash when it was out in like the earlier nineties. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and Q, I don't know, he's, uh, Q he's, Bill Clinton. Yeah, totally <laughs> playing the saxophone, winning the election probably that way. Um, but uh, but there's such there's such a cool fit because and obviously there are going to be comparisons to. To Jackie and Chris Tucker, and maybe that's some of what they're going for. But Arsenio's character is n- really nothing like Chris Tucker. He brings right. this kind of like he has a little bit of like hustle to him, but he has this kind of like distinguished like uh, you can trust me. I'm like in charge here, and it's a really good fit for Samo. But what mm-hmm. he does that reminds me of Chris Tucker, and honestly reminds me a little of Owen Wilson, is like part of I think what what makes him a great partner uh, isn't just that they have natural chemistry they do but he almost feels like he has his back like as a performer like mm-hmm. and yeah. he's able to kind of cover for you know what Samuel might be insecure about and I think that's what's great about the Rush Hour and the Shanghai Noon movies is it's like you know their partner doesn't feel like they're like they can laugh with them but you really get the sense that they're brothers and like they have their back and they don't want them you know to embarrass themselves or look stupid and I don't know it's really it's it's really cool and it's exciting. The episode that we're focusing on today, I guess, is the uh, yeah that first episode where Arsenio appears, and you can mm-hmm. tell it's like, oh, this is this is going to work definitely. We better right. <laughs> yeah, we better fire the a couple a couple of cast members to kind of <laughs> make this couple. all happen. Yeah. yeah, it is funny too. Yeah, you you see that Arsenio is a professional entertainer and yeah that really makes up for what samuel is lacking on uh, the <laughs> oh, american yeah, totally. television so my history is we got we kind of hinted at, at it a little yeah, bit throughout the course it, of the show but yeah but my history of the show is of course i'm i'm a bit younger than you guys so i was uh i was just a kid whenever this aired and i remember watching it with my brothers uh whenever it aired but i remember watching this and early edition with them whenever i was uh a kid and it's this is this was my introduction to Sammo Hung. I didn't know like the it's funny. I always kind of grew up thinking Sammo Hung was kind of on a similar level as Jackie Chan in America. And now That's looking awesome, back on it, it looking back on it, he completely wasn't because mm-hmm. Jackie was in so many more things and so many more people know who Jackie Chan is versus Sammo Hung. But in my mind, it was like, oh, yeah, they're like similar, similar, both, you know, Chinese actors doing American stuff. That's so, so that is so cool, dude. And I mean, I think it's almost like you you got to inherit a little bit of the Hong Kong perspective. Um, yeah. And the, and we should say, like, martial law was actually a pretty big hit in its day. Um, it was. Yeah, it was know, actually and, yeah. the only reason it got canceled after the second season was a little bit because of production costs. But a lot of it was because Samo actually really didn't like how the second season turned out because he kind of felt like he was the character. Samo was getting turned into just like a, a fight machine or he said something yeah. kind of like that. Mm. And he kind I of did... didn't like the direction. And, and you know, he's Samo hung. He's got a lot of he can literally pull a lot of weight so yeah. he was you know pulled out yeah i could see that being yeah, totally. partly arsenio's fault maybe because of his charisma in front of the camera mm-hmm. maybe, or maybe the writers maybe not the his show, fault but yeah the way that they use arsenio yeah, yeah like the writers knowing that he was part of the duo were like okay so arsenio's like the funny guy and he's like, making the quiz he'll have the and, words and yeah and samuel like, will be like the you know straight straight man in the middle of but honestly 
I think Samuel pulls his weight when it comes to the comedy on the show as well. Oh, totally. And I, I feel like he was almost maybe the the if they would have realized how much <laughs> talent Samuel had, like who knows, like really where this show could have gone. And yeah, it it's so funny just seeing. I mean, for us, it's like Heroes Three, right? We're doing this yeah. Hong Kong cinema, but like seeing this now, like how I've done with a lot of these episodes we've covered, the context of our podcast using this is blowing my mind because, like, oh, the, the first that. episode that I watch is just like this. That literally every interaction with Samuel is just a pure gold. Yeah, like, totally. as far as I'm concerned, like mm-hmm. I can't believe this exists, and I can't believe that there's two seasons worth. Of this mm-hmm. madness. Um, I remember maybe like months ago, I was I was home on a Sunday and it was on TV, like on one of my local uh, channels. And oh, nice. literally like the end of the episode ended with Samuel like playing guitar and a like concert in the police <laughs> like station. And I'm like, what? What is this? <laughs> so cool. This is ridiculous. I can't believe it. And you, we've got plenty of examples in the stuff that we've covered today. I, I know we're talking about the first episode with Arsenio but watching the very first episode yeah i told matthew this before we recorded but literally like towards the end of the episode samuel ends up on the price is right and you've got (laughs) incredible bob barker and rod roddy like announcing samuel's name and then him never my life thought i would hear bob barker say samuel come on down yeah So up here, Sam. <laughs> what like, what I it's did? Incredible. Yeah, as I literally paused the video and I purchased the martial law complete series. On oh, DVD. that's perfect. Like, <laughs> I cannot miss out on this. Like this is too funny to me. I oh, I couldn't believe it. That's great. Yeah, we've got to get that little clip up on YouTube. And what's cool is, yeah, I don't know how how they did it because we're definitely seeing like the production feed of The Price Is Right. It's like their cameras yeah. and everything. I don't know whether they would. Because supposedly standards and practices for game shows are like a lot more strict than most of us would would think. And that really goes back to like if you've ever seen the the movie Quiz Show, the scandal in the 50s around that uh, variety show of that name, the Quiz Show, where there was mm. um, some suspected cheating. So the security is is like kind of crazy tight in a way that almost seems silly. Uh, so I can't imagine this would have been in the actual show, but it's it's also it hard seems to like it. it, it it's hard to believe that they would like, I mean, they have the whole audience there and yeah. maybe they shot it during the commercial or something, but right. it's, it's a, am- yeah, it's, it, it is amazing. And it's also cool. It's like Samo has a name that like any English speaker can pronounce like so easily. And it, yeah. also I feel like it evokes his personality where it's like, there's something about it that's like lovable, you know, Samo <laughs> come here. It's like, I don't know. I'm kind of of two minds on, martial law on the one side i i I actually think that the production shows a lot more respect to him than you would maybe expect i mean even the fact that the show is made at all is like yeah it's such it's such a shocker i think think to this day i think it might be the only primetime network tv show that stars a that where the the main star is uh, a east asian person Mm. Yeah, which is crazy, or like not American born East Asian. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm not 100 percent if even that would would uh, open up I the think, field. But yeah, well, I think fresh. Off, I mean, I guess there are comedies like Fresh Off the Boat. Okay, know. that's true. That's um, true. Yeah, but anyways, it's uh. So, but it's like the other part of me still, and I think you were kind of hinting at this, Carlos. It's like we know what Samo's capable of, and he's really one of the genius action directors, and has. Also, just a great sense for drama and is a great actor. As respectful as they they are towards him, it's 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 just kind of not enough, right? It's like yeah, you have to you have to believe that most of this crew is not aware of his his legacy. Um, <laughs> and it's yeah, I don't know. I mean, but maybe that's that's a good thing, like because they are able to have a lot of fun with him and his character, you know, and they're not kind of treating him with with reverence or anything. Um, yeah. But I'm, you can, yeah, you can understand, I guess, Samuel's frustration if he 
later on in the show doesn't get much dramatic work. It's interesting. The uh, there so there were two crossovers, right? There was a Nash Bridges crossover and there was an early edition crossover. It's actually uh, Walker Texas. Oh, Rangers. sorry, it's Walker, Walker Texas, Texas Ranger. Ranger. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Get, um, get it straight, Marty. I'm getting all yeah, mixed man. up. Um, You're insulting Matthew right now. Yeah, no, I was thinking about because Carl <laughs> uh, Carlton Cuse, the creator of the show, he also created Nash Bridges. So I was right. that in the back of my mind. Did gotcha. you? But um, I I read that Carlton Cuse. Okay, so Andy Borowitz created Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and he said that Carlton on the Fresh Prince is based oh, on is really? Carlton Cuse. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> huh. Well, yeah. it's funny. There's a lot of like J.J. Abrams adjacent folks. Um, yeah. In uh, like in involved in this, so Carlton Cuse is like he he was really I think the main showrunner for Lost for mm-hmm. um, for most of the seasons and uh, had been involved in I think some other stuff with JJ and I I even noticed in the credits of the pilot there was uh, a name that I that I recognized. Darn it! Now I can't remember. But it was like it was. <laughs> Quick editor's note: I'm pretty sure Marty's talking about Josh Applebaum here. So if you were gonna look it up, Josh Applebaum. It was. It was. Oh, I recognize that name, and it was like someone who ended would end up like doing a lot of work with JJ, and was the screenwriter on Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol and um, and stuff. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting folks involved, and then two of the other producers and writers on the show were Alfred Goh and Miles Millar, who they were like a screenwriting team that wrote a lot in like the mid to late '90s and into the 2000s, and they actually wrote the screenplays for Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights, and um, oh, yeah, they're okay. very much involved in this in this show, and I think they. I think their first credit might have been Lethal Weapon Four. So, um, oh, Jelly. Yeah. So there's some <laughs> interesting, and yeah, East meets West kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, those guys and, seem to have some kind of some kind of taste for it. Right. And speaking of familiar names, we see another familiar name, and uh, that would be Stanley Tong himself. Yeah. So he directs the first episode of the show, which I would assume would have been the pilot. But he's mm-hmm. also credited throughout the rest of the show as one of the fight choreographers. Yeah, which yeah, we, yeah. We did find out a bit about that when we covered uh, the Super Cop episode, and I think, yeah, I think I remember seeing him doubling in some of the shots. And <laughs> well, the, and did you guys see who uh, his partner was in the choreography? Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was Alan Sit. Yeah, Chunwa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we also met him in Supercop, and it's cool because he got hit with a ladder in first strike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, you also—it's clear that some of the crew uh, kind of joined Samo on the crossovers because on the early edition crossover, he's uh, he's fighting um, Aeon Sit. I noticed the, that the, as well. Yes, the finals. That's pretty cool. That that's a really good crossover, and that was during the second seat towards the end of the second season of Martial Law, I think. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, so and that was an interesting thing too because I feel like Samo got some kind of meaty dramatic stuff in that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so season one of Martial Law uh, led like ends on like a cliffhanger, and when season two started, they like totally like discarded that because I guess they got into <laughs> new writers and they just have well, didn't like they kind discard of like a, almost like everything about the yeah they discarded like, a the lot in the, the second season like the the intro is different it's just kind of a different feel than the first season which i think is part of why uh samo quit the show and, and the show got canceled yeah yeah i could see that it was a very expensive show too i think yeah I it, so was it was like, like two million like... an episode which Yikes. is wild and this is kind of in this era where we're like moving away from stuff like maybe late 80s, early 90s was like more like Knight Rider and A-Team and stuff. And then it turns into stuff like this, like Walker, Texas Ranger and Martial Law and, um, you know, Baywatch. And then just after this kind of run of shows, then you're going to start to see things like CSI and yeah. like, um, you know, these procedurals yeah. that are just going to really the take 8, over. And spinoffs of CSI. Right. 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 So and you're Grey's kind Anatomy. of in this... Yeah, in between where things can be still like kind of sitcom-y on these types of shows, but there's also like drama and people getting killed. Mm. So it's kind of, it kind of fits in yeah. a like a nice little spot in time. Yeah. Well, and it is rare to have such an action heavy, you know, weekly, weekly network show. And mm-hmm. it's one thing that's super interesting about the pilot. I, I don't feel this way about some of the, the later martial law episodes is 
the editing is so is so different from the Hong Kong sensibility. The edit mm-hmm. the editing has this real like broadcast television kind of uh, timing or the cues it's kind of led from. So in the pilot, you have this Stanley Tong direction and the choreography with he and Alan Sit and I'm sure Samo. Um, but it something about how it feels is like kind of strange. It's like oh these fights are staged really well and performed mm. well. But it's like we're cutting away from shots like either too soon or too late. And I, I mean, maybe it didn't strike anybody else that way, but it's yeah, I'm sure there was like a little bit of like a learning curve to to kind of make the show feel like a Hong Kong movie. I'd be really interested in seeing the production like behind the scenes of that first episode because yeah. it is exactly that, you know, like Stanley Tong at the helm and Samo starring, but it's a Western product. So that, that'd right. be really yeah, cool totally. to uh, find out about that. <laughs> I can picture Matthew saying, Oh God, this episode's going to end up being like as long as our regular episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cool. I mean, we don't have to cover beat by beat, you know, no. like plot, plot stuff, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all just fascinating and fun. And the other cool thing about, Samo's I guess acting here is really a lot of the Samo films we've watched on the podcast haven't featured his actual voice it's been mm. you know dubbed as was the the practice until mm-hmm. until Supercop right right um, at least in you know in Hong Kong productions and Samo famously has a very kind of light high you know and high yeah it's voice. kind of a high-pitched voice and I don't know it's kind of fascinating and there's something really cool about it in contrast with his like physical appearance. But I think there are times in the show where it's like that kind of slight voice with maybe how tentative he must feel over some of the dialogue. (laughs) Yeah. It makes for really unique TV. I I don't know how to really put it. That's, that's what I would say too, man. I can't believe that it exists. It's, it's a gift. Really? It's It's a gift. It's a gift. (laughs) This is a show that like, if I didn't know about it and if it wasn't such a, like a, I want to say a big. It definitely stands out. Whenever I was, uh, whenever I was, no, kid. that's if that awesome. had. If that hadn't happened, this would have been a show that we would be looking through, you know, credits and been like, "Wait, what is this?" <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, which makes but me it, hope. Which makes me hope we can find something else similar to that uh, in the yeah. future. Oh, but it was funny because I mean, I remember at the time too, just being really uh, exciting, and I mean, I was I was aware of Samo, not to the degree that that I would be later but it definitely felt like at the time it's like oh wow cool so like jackie's quote-unquote brother is going to break like break out in hollywood also um and it i remember being kind of sad when once after the the show was canceled that we didn't really see samo in any in any western productions which is too bad because I mean there there definitely was an audience that was tuning in week to week that seemingly was okay with mm-hmm. his uh, his grasp on the language and everything else. At yeah, the very least, yeah, you could have tossed them into the Rush Hour movies and yeah, kind totally. of put them on the big screen here through that. That would have been cool. And then yeah. and it's kind of weird that, that didn't happen that you didn't see more because uh, what other Western stuff was Samo even in? Well, I mean, he directed Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, and he has a little a role as like a crazy, cameo. yeah, crazy man kind of. Right. Um, he's like with a his bike sweat delivery pit. guy. <laughs> it's like sweatsuit. Yep. Um, and he gets punched in the eye. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, outside of that, uh, I don't know. Huh. It's crazy. And, and and it's like we were saying, I think, when we started our Samuel arc, you know, as famous as he is, I still would consider him an underrated star. Yeah, mm-hmm. ab- definitely absolutely. in the West. Yeah, yeah, and well, yeah, and it's a good yeah. reminder too that Hollywood isn't anything approaching a meritocracy. You know, it's projects come off the ground in all kinds of ways, but it usually has to do with the drive and initiative and relationships of the the initial producers that are pitching it. And it's such an awesome story that uh, Carlton Cuse and Stanley Tong were able to successfully put this show together, but that doesn't, and even though it's a popular show, it doesn't automatically kind of knight Samo into, you know, like the Hollywood acting, yeah. uh, elite or whatever. Um, right. And we were still kind of in this kind of monoculture where the internet was around, but it wasn't like the, the world was changed by instant access. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, you yeah if if this show was popular like 
what happened to Samo over here? It, it is very interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder if he was in the process of developing some things and it would be cool to find out what they were and what happened. You know, this this should come out around our Ipman episodes. And it's funny, too, because, you know, he Samo wasn't Enter the Fat Dragon. And Donnie is just about to release, like, Enter the Fat Dragon or just came out. It's, something like that. It's definitely so, a right around the time that we're recording this. Yeah, yeah. So that's really interesting, too. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, we could have had Enter the Fat Dragon in the U.S. And I feel like that could have <laughs> been a popular thing. Right. Yeah. Capitalizing totally. on Bruce Lee, but a vehicle for Samo, like. That could have been really well, cool. and also if like our original like you know beloved trio of Jackie yeah. and Samo and Yunbu were in maybe a little bit better terms, like all three of them together in the late nineties. Yeah, I could have seen, I could imagine some kind of Hollywood or like you know Western cinema vehicle that could involve those guys. Oh, sure. another really cool detail, maybe one of my favorite moments from the crossover with early edition is Samo describes this ancient Chinese emperor. What's this all about anyway? I'm on loan to the LAPD from Shanghai. It was there last month. They had a priceless relic. The battle helmet of General Yunbiu of the Tin Dynasty was stolen. <laughs> no uh, way. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, rewatch <laughs> that, it. It's a great one. <laughs> that's great. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, there, it's this tiny There is a bit of that egg. on the show, too, because, yeah, the premise is that Samo Law, the police officer from Shanghai, arrives in L.A., and he's hunting down a criminal that has, like, abducted or something with his fellow police officer. And her name on the show is Chen Pei Chen Pei Pei, yeah. Which is like, Whenever I heard that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of fun. <laughs> and actually, it's, in, in yeah, in Shanghai Noon, which is, you know, written by uh, two, of the, two of the producers and writers of Martial Law, Lucy Liu's character is Princess Pepe. Um, mm-hmm. And in the uh, one thing in the pile before we jump into the the main episode we're talking about today, one one of the uh, guys after Samo you know it beats up a bunch of dudes says, "Where'd you oh, learn that Bruce favorite. Lee stuff?" And he says, "Peking Opera School." Uh, so you hang out with the three tennis. Oh man, that's <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> and there's so many good lines. And also, there's mm-hmm. in the pilot, you've got that that character actor. I don't know his name, but he was in Dumb and Dumber and a bunch of stuff in the '90s. Mm-hmm. He actually looks kind of like Will Sasso. We should mention the Will Sasso Mad TV sketch at some point too. Oh, but yeah. um, <laughs> but he oh. plays this great, like annoying, mean, blowhard, white. Yeah, the uh, super Chinese, racist guy. Racist towards Chinese cups. And yeah, this is the kind of thing I think I was missing in like the the way the like say the Ipman films or like some of the contemporary People's Republic of China approved films. Mike Starr right. is the character actor's oh, name. Oh, great. Thanks. Mike Starr. Um, where it's like there's something about this where it's like you just want this guy to get his comeuppance. It's like there's mm-hmm. something like, I don't know, kind of delicious about it. It's like, whereas. Yeah. And at I, heart, I didn't, at- yeah. At its heart, it's comedic, you know? It's yeah, not, totally. It's not um, hurtful or politically motivated. <laughs> yeah, it's just, hey, here's this big blowhard racist guy, and he's going to get mm. his comeuppance. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which, and that's which a he, really cool the, scene. The, the, the comeuppance is that it's yeah. his, uh, Samo's being on the case gets turned into a full-on cop exchange, and so the the blowhard <laughs> cop gets sent over to Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah. Or to really Shanghai awesome. or something. Or, yeah, or, or to Shanghai, like, that's right, because he's supposed to be from yeah. Shanghai. Which is, I mean, that's perfect. Like that, that's also probably the most apt punishment for like someone that racist. It's like, okay, right. you need to be like, condi- like reconditioned. Yeah. Immersion therapy. So there should have been like a Chinese show with him and Yun Biu as a cop duo. Oh man. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah. And then suppose I'm sh- um, I'm sure we all read about this, like doing a little research, but they planned a little Jackie cameo for one episode that they didn't end up. At least what what you read online, it says they didn't end up using. I kind of want. I kind of wonder if it just didn't end up happening. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I but. I bought the DVD set, so I'm gonna comb through that. And <laughs> comb like, through. Oh, yeah. nice. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that I that's that's really cool about the entire series <laughs> is that it brings together some actual like Hong Kong cast with uh, American actors of like a Hong Kong descent or background yeah um, sure and so sure. it's it's kind of cool because it's like we don't really see like these two streams of actors interacting much 
I definitely, yeah, I definitely noticed some faces like you'd see in like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom or something like that. You're yeah, like, totally. Oh, or or just like in American television. Yep. Oh yeah, this uh, well, this episode's chock full of people where like I vaguely recognized it, and then I looked it up, and I was like, oh hey, that's that person. Yeah, they have like three hundred IMDb credits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's. Uh, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. But first, let's take a listen to the actual promo for this episode, which is titled How Samo Got His Groove Back. He's got the moves. He's got the mouth. Don't move! Together, they're the LAPD's most lethal combination. Arsenio Hall teams up with Samo Hung in the number one new drama. That's all I know, really. An all-new episode of Martial Law, CBS Saturday. So this episode starts in... Probably the way that just reminds you that we're in the year 1998 or maybe 99 <laughs> with genuine. Yeah, it's amazing. Genuine. And it's also like super saturated. Colors. Oh, yeah. Like this, it's the like angle, it's all shot on the angles. Film, so just like looks yeah. like it's from the 90s. Like oh, totally. those, the, the Timbaland beats. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you hear Timbaland's like voice coming. It's very much like an Aaliyah kind of. Yeah. Timbaland. And, hey, did yeah. you guys uh did you know that Genuine's real name is Elgin Lumpkin? I did not. Oh my gosh, no. Genuine's that's, a much better name. <laughs> that's not a joke. That's true. <laughs> I I believe you. I believe you. Well, yeah. I remember in Parks and Rec they have like a running thing where Yeah, um, yeah. In the lore of the show, like Donna and Genuine are cousins. Are cousins, um, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it starts with a genuine concert and <laughs> and he gets shot goes and straight into an assassination by like a sniper yeah oh, the sniper man. looks exactly like tupac did anyone else think <laughs> yeah. that he looks oh, man. really he's like adding to, to the drama he's yeah. like ambiguously um asian yeah the the gag right away is that samo is confused as uh like, like uh, Arsenio's character is like yeah. setting up this event and he thinks that Samo is the caterer. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> that and that leads up to the the great joke after the um after you know doing kung fu and stuff to try to take out the the assassin guy when Arsenio says You aren't the caterer, are you? Oh, and that's, I love these shows with their cold opens. Oh, like yeah. that's yeah. That's so fun. I love it so much. Oh yeah, and, and that, yeah, we get some 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 serious stunts here too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and of course that jumps into the the intro which is borderline <laughs> offensive. It's it's kind of offensive <laughs> think, from a place of ignorance because like the yeah. the way that the the way the like the title works is that it'll like show the character and then it'll look like these vaguely asian looking letters. But it's yeah. just all we, the letters of the person's name jumbled on top of each other. We have to remember, like, the late 90s, this oh. is the period when people are first starting to put Chinese tattoos on their body that they haven't yeah. like, translated <laughs> properly. Yes. Um, oh, man. And, yeah, it's definitely... And there's also that, like, late 90s, like, snare drum sound that's, like, oh, yeah. really it's special, It's so cheesy. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's and, kind of... And, and they're sort of, like, you know, they're that, like that chinese like musical the, cliche the, yeah. stereotype like they're they're really adjacent to it mm-hmm. like the whole theme <laughs> oh, and it has but and also I, it has this very like you can tell like your you know your your macbook from 2000 could probably make this this intro <laughs> Like yeah. it's the, I love the sliding uh, around the and badge. Stuff really There's like yeah. a police badge, but it's got like a yeah, dragon design cool. on it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but right before this, the the whole little action sequence is really fun. So the sniper jumps on a motorcycle and he's making a break for it, and Samo like pulls a chain and like uh, the first guy ducks and then the other guy gets clipped. And then uh, there's a funny shot where Samo like he pushes a boulder. Yeah, there's this like public space like art <laughs> art of like it's the kind of thing you've seen in maybe like a park or something where there's like yeah. a concrete boulder painted red and but he's able to yeah just like push it down and it becomes like a raiders Mm -hmm. with a lost ark yeah yeah yep and and arsenio hall sees that samuel's gonna get shot and he like jumps and saves him (laughs) which is really cool but it's also kind of like it's like a surprising like opening move for a character Um, yeah actually yoon bu doubled for arsenio hall too i don't know if you guys knew that (laughs) oh dude (laughs) The, the pause. <laughs> that's because that's one of those. It's, it's so, it's that so can't plausible be right. that it's like what? 
<laughs> he doubled as yeah. Arsenio and as Sambo and the guy driving the motorcycle. No. Right. <laughs> I found that out on Arsenio Hall's HKMDB page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Which actually, oh, actually, Ar- Arsenio Hall's actual name is Arsenio Hall. That is and not true. Arsenio Hall is his <laughs> Hollywood name. It's is that the Cantonese or the Mandarin name? It's Mandarin because the SH. Oh, perfect. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't be done. <laughs> That's <You're> great. great. <laughs> um, but yeah, that leads into this this episode. As it's kind of all about our Arsenio's character, uh, Terrell. He's trying to, he basically wants to be on the force and, and be Samo's partner. <laughs> That's kind of like, yeah, almost like the, the subplot of the episode. And they sort of make that happen. And the normal, the normal actor <laughs> and character that kind of portray his partner, he gets like sidelined. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. this like this running. Yeah, this running B plot that ends up being a little more important, which is like this kind of like Beanie Baby. Yeah. Oh, man. Also to remind oh, you that man. we're in the late 90s. There's a Beanie yeah. Baby. In case you didn't know. And, and, and also like the toy shortages, like the original Tickle Me Elmo. Which yeah. yeah. That time too. Man, I remember um, my parents actually got my youngest brother Tickle Me Elmo like around that time when it was no way. out. And it was like, yeah, it was like a super big deal because like they were the only people in town that, that found but well, next time I awesome. next time I see him, I'll demand to see his tickle me. Oh, I'm sure he still has <laughs> yeah. it, right? So, oh man, yeah, I should have, yeah, we should <laughs> scratch that. And we also have to <laughs> we also have to mention that Kelly Who is on this show, and yeah, oh, man, she's awesome, man. Oh, mm-hmm. she's great. I I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't get to do for yeah. sure. She doesn't get to do too much in this episode, but, but yeah, she's a she's a very attractive lady. Yes, she is. Yeah, uh. she's awesome. And um... <laughs> and the other thing is, late nineties. Uh, that means like everyone eventually is wearing like a pleather jacket, and I think like most of the images you see of her from the show, she's wearing some type of fake leather jacket <laughs> in all different colors, yeah. reds and blues. Mm-hmm. Although in the pilot, when you first meet her, it's like yeah, it's just like straight. Bikini, straight like wearing a bikini episode, and yeah. and of course and in the intro of every episode that's the that's the scene you see right well, yeah you've got to refer to the first episode right and exactly that's yeah. that's i love that in intros how intros have all the cool scenes from the pilot that you you'll never see that pilot if you're watching this on tv <laughs> right oh man that's cool oh. but yeah her character is like introduced to the show with kind of an interesting hook and then at a certain point, she's like, this is the way that, you know, television used to be, honestly, before Carlton Cuse's like, you know, f- super famous show Lost, which I think really changed the serialization approach to most television, mm-hmm. which is that it was really critical to be following one episode to the next. And ostensibly that like, you know, developments in the plot really mattered or had a lot more impact than in traditional television. Um, but Mar- yeah, martial law is, you know, it's more of like a classic kind of uh, story of the week sort of show. So uh, I imagine if you missed out on some of the early episodes, you'd probably just think Kelly, who has always been an officer. Um, yeah, I didn't, saying. I didn't know that because I never saw those early episodes. I didn't know she kind of had like a, kind of like a face turn kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, this this episode yeah that leads into there's this whole uh, plot about like trying to catch this this guy that tried to assassinate Zeke the genuine character. Oh right. And the the main bad guy in this episode uh, is named uh, Floyd, I think, something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, Floyd Cross. I found out he's actually played by Ernie Hudson Jr., the son of, son crazy. of the uh, of course the Winston from uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. I hey, I'm, no I'm gonna blow your mind yeah. right now. So oh Arsenio Hall plays That's Winston right. on the real Ghostbusters. That's oh right. On the, on the the cartoon, yeah. Whoa. It's all connected. Everything's That's, connected. That's great. Wow. But yeah, this this show is kind of. I mean, I guess a lot of TV shows at this time are like that. But it's there's going through the IMDb is like so many that guys or that girls, so many yeah, character actors that totally. are in a billion other things. Well, it's such yeah, a, yeah, there's yeah. a scene where uh, Arsenio Hall, Terrell, is like trying to talk to some Jamaican dudes. Oh, and that's great. The the main Jamaican dude, like you'd see him in a ton of stuff back yeah, in the day. Yeah. I remember him from the black and white music video when everybody's morphing. Oh, yeah, totally. With different races. He's the Jamaican dude in that. Oh, cool. 
Yeah. But yeah, the they um they kind of follow the trail and it leads to this uh, uh leads to this uh, kind of music studio area and that leads to our next big kind of action set. It's piece. cool because they're like shooting stuff like in some some Los Angeles studio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it's such a surprising a plot that it it's heavily involved with bootlegging, but it's it's cool because it's like this pre Napster time where it's about like bootlegging CDs. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yep. Before so everyone kind of, could steal all the music yeah, they could possibly want. Yeah, it's kind want. of prescient because, like, music bootlegging was, I don't think it was really on the, like, public consciousness that mm-hmm. much, kind of, like, before the P2P era was, like, yeah. really big. And also, kind of, like, bootlegging in China was something I don't think people were really thinking about very much, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, it's all, yeah, it's kind of, like, foreshadowing, but it's, like, a lot of predictions of the future. It's, like, some of the core details end up... <laughs> end up changing but Mm -hmm. yeah it was i don't know really cool like story area i guess for for the episode that's Mm kind of surprising um i mean you you don't want to think about it too much or it might not make all that much sense but right just like samuel's final move in this little action scene (laughs) you've got one of the sleazeball producers trying to make a break for (laughs) it and samuel runs into the hall and there's like a row of music stands and he kicks them like dominoes and they end up tripping the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's, uh, oh man. No, that's I love that's one of like those, that. like gives me flashbacks to being in, in band and in high school. <laughs> yeah, totally. Did that stuff really happen to you guys? Well, no, but like you'd, you'd think about that whenever they're all, you know, all waiting to But it's get funny, that is like a, like that. that is like a, like maybe your high school connection with like music making, which is probably your band program or something. Whereas like most recording studios, you probably will have a few music stands yeah, uh, on, on hand um, just if people are reading charts or whatever, but it's a lot less ubiquitous than, <laughs> yeah. you know, with like orchestral music. Or mm-hmm. something. But yeah, he, he takes the guy down. There's some, it's funny. You see a lot more of it in the pilot than in this episode, but there's some legit wire work in, yeah. in these episodes. Like there's a bit where Arsenio gets like pushed back by, by a guy on the ground and Samu does this really amazing roundhouse kick at one point. Right. Yeah. I think that the final fight in the first episode is legit like a good action scene. Oh, yeah. It looks yeah, very totally. good. And it holds up, I think. Well, yeah. Even in this episode, you see a couple of instances of wire work and I, I think it all works. And I, I would have been super excited to see stuff like that on regular TV when I was a kid. Yeah, totally. But uh, we we get to see the back of the station. There's like this this army of angry moms looking for the the cuddle bug. The, <laughs> That's the, great. The beanie baby stand in. Oh yeah, jeez. <laughs> Which I know. I just I just thought that was funny. And one of the oh, yeah, it's and funny. one of the uh, little girls in it that we see a little bit later was actually played a pretty prominent character in Star Trek Voyager. Uh, Naomi, oh, who's like this really? this, this little like, oh nice this little uh. Not a smart ass kid. Well, there's a better word for it than that. Um, uh, Preco- precocious. precocious. That's the one. A little precocious kid. Ooh. But yeah, I was never huge into Voyager, but I thought that was a cool connection. I was kind of into Voyager. I thought mm-hmm. it was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I really like the scene where they're interrogating this uh, slimy yeah. uh, producer. There's like this funny bit where uh, they're playing good cop, bad cop, and Arsenio's taking yeah, the lead. That's great. And he says, if I put the cup down, that's your signal for you to like pounce on yeah. the guy. Mm-hmm. And then so he has all this fun play. with like almost putting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, table. it's really well done. And you get to see their chemistry in this scene. It's I, I thought it was great. This was, I think, the moment when I was really starting to be won over mm-hmm. in this episode. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Sambo just gets fed up with it and just pushes the mug on the table and <laughs> starts putting the guy in like a headlock or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> There's like a... A car chase later in the episode mm-hmm. that's really fun and like you said before marty like this is all like on location mm-hmm. like you can yeah. tell they're just like running around with the camera and there's some stunt drivers taking care of the stuff mm-hmm. and uh i think it all is it's pretty cool like oh yeah it's like some big wide shots and like they've got the like the typical uh hubcap flying off mm-hmm. of the wheel as the car turns yeah like, pretty cool yeah, and totally. uh most of samo's lines like most of samo's lines are less than you know five words but at this part the he's like starts driving all crazy and the guy says like do you have your driver's license and he says yes, for three weeks. Yeah. 
Well, there's um, another cool like car related uh, beat in the show where they're kind of following the breadcrumbs of who's all involved in this giant bootlegging uh, scheme. And there's this guy that runs a, or works at a car dealership. But they're thinking, oh, well, who who will actually be able to successfully go in <laughs> undercover and not be detected as a cop? Mm-hmm. And so everyone kind of points to Samo. And <laughs> yeah, this is like, yeah, Samo gets some a fun, more like kind of dialogue-y, talky scene mm-hmm. with this guy. But that's kind of the that's kind of the joke of this scene is that the guy is just asking him some kind of simple questions and he's having a hard time like thinking of things. <laughs> yeah. So the people on the wire have to like give him the, the prompting. And of course it. It goes, oh, sure. <laughs> and it goes south. All heart artists, like who? Uh, busybone, corrupt, cannabis, Buster Rhymes. A busybody, a crapper, and cannabis, and Buster Rhymes. Yeah, but then it, it, it goes south, and he just punches the dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, this eventually leads to kind of our final uh, our final fight scene in a nightclub, which I, I always like a good nightclub fight scene. There's yeah, especially a good like TV nightclub. Exactly. Yeah, because cool. it's, it's like scummy, quality, you know. It's like if there's a spectrum with like Saved by the Bell on one end in terms of like <laughs> uh, or Power Rangers in terms of like real life, and then there's maybe I don't know Oz or some kind of gritty <laughs> HBO show. Yeah, it's like this is like. I don't know where it is. I guess somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. Because they have this stage set up for like a like almost a rock band or something. But then it's supposed to be that there are all these like R&B producers like hanging out there with their like really big 90s suits. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 awesome. Also, because like this show doesn't seem to have a lot of night shoots. And so really like this is one of the only occasions where you can have kind of like a darker. Yeah. Like a darker set piece mm-hmm. um like in this interior of this club and mm-hmm. it's really cool and they have uh just yeah some some awesome action kind of with everybody with everybody here there is a funny bit at one moment when arsenio is like fighting the main bad guy and it's like it's like such an overt like kind of like slow dance yeah <laughs> it's really kind of um it's really kind of amazing that would be mm-hmm. a cool thing to gif because i think it would yeah. just be kind of puzzling what you're watching <laughs> yeah because i was watching yeah, it looks really it, good it looks like they like were supposed to to undercrank it or something like it, it <laughs> yeah, just totally he very that. slowly like grabs a beer mug and slams it on the guy's head where like like that wouldn't actually break if that was a real glass. Um, but then <laughs> he says, yeah, he, says really... the, he says the great line to the producer guy who has this his cool like yellow suit on. He says, "Gotta have that suit back to the Temptations by midnight." <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's a good Arsenio improvisation mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, he's got yeah, some I good lines that. in this. He really does. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, you get the Samo doing his thing against the guy that was the shooter early in mm-hmm. the episode, and that actually. I mean, you could almost say it has shades of SPL, uh, Samo versus Donnie, because you got this nightclub and the the way it's all lit, and you get some uh, wire work here. Mm-hmm. So uh, Samo gets to show off a little bit in this fight scene. I like it a lot. Yeah, they're able to take down the guys, get them all apprehended, and then the then the police come in. We find out that Genuine's fine and he's, he's recovering because, <laughs> of, of course, he is. He either got shot or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, yeah, the piece de resistance is that. Uh, Terrell ends up finding one of these beanie babies, the cuddle buddies or whatever yeah. they're called. And um, actually, it's thanks to Samo, if I remember. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah Samo, <laughs> Samo got some kind of shipment. Um, and it, it's a really cool button to the joke because Arsenio's like, where did you find it? And he said, made in China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. And so it's cool. Yeah, whenever you can get like outside of Samo Hung, uh, we do say brevity is the soul of wit. And mm-hmm. um Martial law just it kind of forces the writers to come up with these these tiny phrases that can say a lot more um, mm-hmm. for Samo, and it's like that's a that's such a great one. Mm. Yeah, totally cool. So then he ends up taking it to the chief mm. and solidifying his place on the team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, seriously, like it. I was won over, man. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch this show. Yeah, I'll let man. you guys know. <laughs> and then there's some um, really good outtakes at the end. Like they're really yeah, funny. the outtakes yeah. are great. Well, and it gives you a little taste of Samo and Arsenio's like chemistry already, even on this first episode. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like 
like in the beginning of this episode we were talking, it's like, I don't know, you really feel that Arsenio's got, got his back and that Samo feels like he's got a good partner to be working with. Man, but, this is so but yeah, good. This is a super fun episode. We were totally, I mean, we did this for April Fool's because we were totally expecting this to be like really dumb and, and hard to watch. <laughs> right. and, but it, we actually really liked it, which is, which is, we did. this is fun. Yeah, it's just so cool. like, I I mean, I guess like last year. Yeah, yeah, kind of like last year. And I guess, I guess <laughs> yeah, we'll see totally. what we do in a year from now. But <laughs> but yeah, that was a ton of fun. That was uh, Marshall. We never even said the name of the episode. The name of the episode is How Samo Got His Groove Back. You know, oh, cool. so good, good. we can good put name. that in the back of the VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very nice. But, but yeah, this is a really fun episode, and I'm definitely look forward to watching through the rest of the series. Yeah, yeah totally. And, and the crossovers. If, I'm, yeah, um, and the crossovers sure. definitely. The DVD set has both seasons, and it has the crossover yep, episodes. It has the uh, early edition and the uh, Walker Texas Ranger crossover episode. That is just so yep. cool. So yeah, if you if you're interested. Uh, I found mine on Amazon, so mm. check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, I I should know better, but I don't know much about the history of Samo and Chuck Norris. I mean, they they definitely must have yeah, crossed paths, crossed paths like, at some point. You know, in the in the Bruce Lee days. Um, yeah, there at, at is. Least. I was able to find some uh, behind the scenes footage of the crossover on YouTube. Maybe I'll add it to the episode. So oh, that would be great. See that too, and it's really cool, like seeing uh, them being interviewed and talking about one another. It's pretty cool. Oh man, and, and the Mad TV sketch we've got, like <laughs> it kind of it, so right, cr- of it sort of crushes you if if you're a fan. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's, it's not a great. Laugh at it's definitely not a great. Yeah. I mean, Mad TV sketches are pretty more missed than hit, in my opinion. But yeah, but it's still I just agree. funny. It's just a cool kind of you know a cool kind of like time, time capsule. Time capsule. Like, that's yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a real yeah. time capsule of of, of the. Late nineties, early oddies. So yeah, and I love I will, like, love Will Sasso like, too. So. Yeah, I love Will Sasso. Like he could have been on the show. Um, oh, totally. He could have been that that other cop that kind of gets gets the <laughs> yeah gets pushed to the yeah, side. Totally. They could have done that every episode. Have another cop come in back to Shanghai for <laughs> at the end of every episode. He gets shipped away. Literally gets Shanghaied oh, every episode. So great. Yeah, if I was writing the show, mm-hmm. that's what I would have done. Oh, that's cool. Well, you could. There should. I imagine there's like a booming martial law fan fiction. Of course, community. of course, um, sure. And you could, yeah, you could contribute to that. Although that's the that's I actually have... a f- it's funny that you say that. The DVD actually is only a couple years old. Like the DVD release mm-hmm. was only in 2016. So yeah, so there are people that care about martial law out there, dude. So. That's awesome. Hey, good for people them. Wanted it. Gotta give people the one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for checking us out. Uh, if you like the show, then you can leave us a review on your podcast of your choice. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes, the number three podcast. Thank you so much to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. Enjoy the Ip Man movies. Yeah. 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 Can, yeah, yeah. Tune in next week for your regularly scheduled Ip Man. But uh, until then, <laughs> uh, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes Three. Remember your training. Three is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network. <laughs> I can't believe we did this.